When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't, what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I don't want that ball! I don't want that ball! I don't want that ball! You will get I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. I got a whole lot of money, money, money for me. Money, Bottle money, keep popping and what up there? Welcome into Eleven Personnel. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. And we are brought to you by our good friends at Prize Picks, where everybody is feasting this week, Luckett. I mean, I think they're spoiling. It, it's it's a, we're recording eleven personnel at eleven a.m. and I'm pretty sure there's basketball being played somewhere. We've got Maxion tonight. It's incredible, a wonderful time of the year. My favorite week of the year. Oh man, it's great. So go on over to Prize Picks right now. You can visit them online at PrizePicks.com or download the app to your phone. It's a it's a very easy to use platform. It's available in most states to play. And what's great is on Feast Week they're they're giving you a little extra cheddar. Um, a little extra cheddar cheese is sprinkled on top of your mashed potatoes. I usually just go with gravy. Um, you can also go with gravy. They're celebrating, though, not with um, gravy, but with tacos. Today is Taco Tuesday. So if you place an entry with a taco on it, you get a discounted player projection. So they're sliding your deals like Robert Lewandowski for Bayern Munich. I know that'll be over with by the time you hear this, but that's the kind of stuff you're dealing with here. Uh, Maxion tonight. Uh, we got the season finale and we got a lot of college basketball going to be a great college basketball game tonight between the number one and number two teams in the country. So download prize picks today, use the promo code personnel, get in on the action, uh, because there's a lot this week in every sport, everywhere highlighted by Saturday's game at Papa Murphy's Cardinal stadium between the Louisville Cardinals and the Kentucky Wildcats and luck it. The more I talk about this game, the more I think Kentucky's just going to, to mow those bastards down. It's a very interesting litmus test um, for recruiting and for kind of the SEC, ACC storyline. We hear a lot. We hear Mark Stoops talk a lot about how, you know, this league is different. You know, there's a reason, you know, teams are losing some of these games and then you see them in the non-con 
They usually handle their business. I think that's true for this week. I think when you look at the roster, Kentucky has a better roster, more talented roster. I don't think you can really argue that. Now, it turns out Louisville has the best player on the field, best college football player on the field. He might not end up being the best NFL player out of this bunch of guys playing on Saturday night, but he's the best college football player that will be on the field on Saturday, and he's kind of – Malik Cunningham has just raised everyone else around him. And I, I talked about it here on 11 Personnel multiple times. He's probably – one of the biggest MVPs just to his team in college football. And and to interrupt you quickly, not like the best player, but the most valuable to his team. His That's team. like the classic MVP debate. If you ever want to get into like a first takey type talk at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. So he might, well, he might be the best, but he's not the most valuable player. Um, I think Cunningham, you're right, is the most valuable player. I'm wondering I didn't do the math. I'm sure he takes up a significant percentage of their total statistics. Yeah, I mean, leads him rushing, leads him rushing attempts. <clears throat> Obviously, the passing number is what he does. But, Nick, you go back. He missed series against Wake Forest. He missed two series against Clemson. Throughout his career, he's had issues staying 100% healthy and not missing playing time. Two years ago, he got knocked out of the Kentucky game. Like, if he don't go out in those games, they probably win – those so like you can make the argument louisville is the best six and five team in the country mm-hmm. kentucky's goal is to make them the best six and six team in the country on saturday <laughs> night hey, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> but you know, but i'm looking at this game and it's looking like both teams are going to move the ball like there's not i don't think there's going to be a lot of three and outs on saturday um really the game's going to kind of come down to for kentucky's in Scott Satterfield even said this in his press conference this week. We are a big play offense. What we do is get big plays. You look at some of the efficiency numbers. Overall, Louisville ranks 88th in success rate. That means they're falling behind the chains a lot. Their running backs have a success rate lower than Kavashe Smoke. And we've talked about Kavashe Smoke's inefficiency this season. When they give the ball to the backs, which is what this whole offense with Satterfield is based off, the outside zone, establishing the outside zone. When they get the ball to the backs, they, more, more times than not, they're falling behind the chains. And so what they've been able to make up for it, though, is just with Cunningham has been able to distribute the ball to multiple receivers. I think they got four guys over 30 catches. Um, another guy's their big play threat, Tyler Harrell, has averaged over 30 yards per reception. When they go deep, they're going to him. Um, oh, I've got to correct you. They only have two guys over 30 catches. Okay, well, four guys over 20. Yeah, okay, four guys over 20. And then Harrell's got, what, 17, 13, 17, somewhere 14, there? yeah. 14. Yeah. It, but he's their big play guy, I think. Like nine receptions are over tw- over fifteen plus yards. Yeah, he's third in reception or like six in receptions, but third in receiving yards. Um, yeah, big play guy. Yeah. He's their big play guy, and so they're looking for big plays. He and leads Cunningham, them in receiving touchdowns. Cunningham's running element creates that too. Um, he's he's up there as one of the most efficient runners in the country. Um, he's got a success rate over nearly fifty five percent running the football, which is higher than Chris Rodriguez. That's really really good. And then he's got 36 carries of over 10-plus yards. So he's dangerous, and he does it in both ways. So really the key to this game, I think obviously you want to slow down the running backs, but just don't give up the huge chunks, which is what Kentucky – it's kind of what they build their defense off of. It's limiting big plays. And that, that 
you do that against Louisville, I think I think it's going to be hard for this offense to go on a bunch of eight-play, 75-yard drives. They have to get the 30-yard plays to score over and over. If you can limit that, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. But we said the same thing going in the Tennessee game. Right, right. And that was what I was going to get to next. Like it. Uh, Louisville is no Tennessee. Um, at least Tennessee is – yeah, Styles Pretty makes happy. fights. This is going to be a different type of fight. Right, of right. Game. So so please explain to me why, yes, Louisville is explosive like Tennessee in, in that they need to have big plays to succeed, but how they do it in a much different way. And I, I think the first way is just they're getting a lot more explosive runs from Lake Cunningham. He, well, Hooker got some of them, but the Cunningham 10-yard runs have been 40- and 50-yard runs. Well, you're not going to be in these exotic formations where you spread out to the sideline. Mm-hmm. And you're having to defend all this grass vertically. Louisville's using a lot of – they do a lot of, like, condensed formations, and they use a lot, a lot of motion. Um, jet sweep, jet, jet motions, they'll do the orbit motion with the guy around, and then they make you defend option looks a lot. They'll run kind of a zone read triple option where he'll read the end, and if you pull it, he's got a speed option off that. And they'll do and they'll run play action stuff off all, all these option looks. And so it's a big misdirection offense. You and especially with that outside zone, you got to flow left, but then you got to be able to turn back because the play's going to the right on the on the play pass. So they make you where Tennessee, it's more they make you defend vertically more. I think Louisville makes you defend more east and west. And then when they get you flowing, they try to get behind you and hit a deep shot or sneak a wheel route out with the back. And so, like, your safety is really important against Louisville. Um, your defensive linemen being able to flow, and then your safeties are really important. Like, your safeties and really your line – you probably your inside linebackers You're, need to make a lot of tackles. Well, and I was going to say, too, Jordan Wright, getting him back is significant. J.J. Weaver. Man, those guys, um, making sure they're crisp in that, like, a lot of times their assignment is just going to be hit the quarterback – um, but I, you know, we've seen JJ Weaver at times force the pitch and still be able to, to make the tackle like th- those kind of, they, that's where they can become game changers, game records. Well, um, having right being able to make where JJ doesn't have to play 60 snaps. Yeah. <laughs> is the biggest thing there. You can split and have a fresh edge there throughout the entire game. It's going to help a lot. And then Marquand McCall in there is going to be huge mm-hmm. to anchor in the middle. But I think it's important to remember, like, Louisville's got a pretty good offensive line. It's like one of the better ones I think Kentucky's played this season. Caleb Chandler is might be the best offensive – he might be one of the best offensive linemen in the ACC. He's one of the best guards in the country. Cole Bentley's a super senior center, just solid. Two solid tackles. And then Brian Hudson, transfer from Virginia Tech, former four-star recruit. He's like just their swing guy inside, so he'll come in play guard, any of the guard spots or center. And so they've got a pretty solid offensive line, and that's helped them a lot because it's kept Cunningham clean in the pocket for most of the season. They don't give up a lot of sacks. The running game with the running backs hasn't been great, um, but mostly they're keeping Cunningham clean, which is most important. So it's not a – this is not two years ago where Louisville had, like, the best player on the field with Becton last year. Mm-hmm. But they also had obvious donkeys out there on the offensive line. <laughs> like they don't have that this year. And so Kentucky's pass rush has been really good. Um, but this week, it's you're not worried about sacks. It's disciplined pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. Making Malik Cunningham throw the football, keeping uh, him contained in the pocket. And if he gets out, you've got guys there 
to corral him. And then, like, your safeties are really important, knowing when to, like, come up after him, when to stay back. You know, that's when the, some big plays can happen is when he kind of gets in sandlot ball and mm-hmm. the play breaks down. And so now, he's really dangerous, really slippery. And really the game is how much can you corral him. If you can't corral him, I think you're going to – defensively you're going to have a good day. I'm very interested. It's a big game for Brad White, it feels like. Very interested to see the plan he comes up with and what, what they can put out there on Saturday. One other thing that you, you haven't explicitly mentioned yet, but I think another significant difference that you have to remark between Louisville and Tennessee is that uh, Louisville's going to want to have the ball. <laughs> it's not like Tennessee where we're running to the line, we're getting to it as quickly yep. as possible. Uh, Satterfield, does, I mean, you know, there might be a, a tempo here too at times, kind of like how Kentucky will go fast out of a huddle to try to catch you off guard. Um, after like a big play or something. But for the most part, they want to possess the ball. They want Kentucky's defense out there on the field. So to kind of go back to your point about, you know, having guys like McCall and Wright back to to really be able to spell people and keep them fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a point, I don't know if it was just us talking um, after the game uh, Saturday night or what, but the, the defense has is as well rested as it's been all year. Um, yeah, you look at the snap counts. And they're really good outside of probably Josh Pascal, Corker, and Carrington Valentine. Um, and then two inside linebackers, I would say. But especially on that that front, they've rotated a lot of bodies. They should be pretty fresh. You've seen that play out, I think, the last two weeks, but competition, obviously. You know, you got to see it against better teams. Um, so we'll see. I, one thing I'm interested in, Nick, Kentucky's rush defense overall has been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. No one's ran for 200 plus yards against them. Now, Georgia could have, they just didn't have enough snaps. Right. A lot of that's based on Kentucky does a good job of shrinking the game, limiting snaps. But Louisville's ran for over 205 of the last – or excuse me, six of the last seven. Obviously, the Cunningham factor is huge. Um, him by himself has just been a freak <laughs> running the ball here lately. So, seeing if that holds up. If that holds up um, and you make Louisville pass happy, I know like Kentucky, you don't – you necessarily wouldn't be super comfortable – in that, but that's not mm-hmm. where Louisville's super comfortable either. They don't want to drop back 35 times. No, 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 they do not. And I think in your best case scenario, you're applying pressure kind of up the middle to make him throw the football quickly instead of mm-hmm. bounce around. Yeah, uh, Kentucky, just three of his last five games have been 100 plus yards. His first seven, he didn't reach 100 once. And it, so, so this it's has been kind a, of been a later thing that's right. developed for them. And I, I think. And, hell, he was still leading them in rushing for a while in the beginning of the year, too. They were just that bad rushing the football. They tried. They were mm-hmm. rotating guys around. Um, the one guy who – or guy Trevor thought was uh, going to be good going into that 2019 game, Akeem uh, – what's his name? He ended up transferring into the portal. Asan Hall. Asan Hall, yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, I've I've charted about 30 running backs here this season. Uh, most – like most every SEC back and most of kind of some bigger name backs – Louisville's two backs are last place in success rate. Travion Cooley and Jalen Mitchell. Jalen Mitchell is way down there at 34%, which is really bad. So it is a very inefficient running attack with the backs, and they don't get a lot of chunk plays either. Like Kenneth Walker's down there low in success rate, and so is Tyler Beatty, but both of those guys get a ton of chunk plays. Yeah. Um, Cooley and Mitchell aren't really getting that. So that's – like you want them to run the ball with those backs. Um well, and I, I, I'm I'm fine with them running quarterback design run as well too. Um, yeah, Kentucky's been pretty disciplined on those Q runs. I know that they haven't faced the caliber of athlete 
as Malik Cunningham when it comes to a, a heavy well, the Florida game is huge, I think, this week. Like, everybody wants to dog on Florida, but you remember Florida coming in that game was just lethal, running yeah. the ball. Now, they didn't have the vertical threat. Like, Kentucky wasn't scared of the vertical threat against Florida, mm-hmm. where they're probably going to have to be more against Louisville. But Kentucky handled that running game for Florida pretty well. Um, now, Louisville does some different things, but they do say do have some option principles similar, and Kentucky handled that very, very well. And they were, they were willing to give up some things in the past game, like the intermediate stuff, the 10 to 15-yard throws, and just live with that, mm-hmm. with Jones in the pocket. I think that could be kind of – you could see a similar game plan against Florida. Mm-hmm. where, But that's perfect because, like, Emory Jones had a high passing success rate, but Kentucky stuffed the run. And they did, and Jones never really challenged them vertically, and that's why they had a huge game that day. How many points did they score in that game? Oh yeah, seven, seven. So <laughs> I think uh, I, I don't think you'll see that replicated exactly, but you're right in that. Let's let's force Cunningham to to throw the football. Just throw force him to throw the football. And keep him bottled up as best you can. Keep him in that design run game. Where I think it gets where things really fell apart, and I think the the wide splits factored into that as much as anything, were some of the scrambles against Tennessee that you didn't see against Florida, where well, it's an obvious passing yeah. situation. And I, I'm curious, Wuckett, in your in your humble opinion, if you get the Brad Whites, if you get the sticks, as, as the kids like to say. Uh, are you a let's bring the heat guy? What is your preferred method of applying pressure against a quarterback that can scramble? I just look at well, it, it, every they're not not all scrambling quarterbacks are the same. They're all in different schemes. The way Louisville plays, like they're just gonna the way they move with the misdirection, they're gonna get you with numbers sometimes. What I don't want to do is I don't want to give up the huge chunk plays. I want to keep everything in front. I know people hate it, but that's what I would want to do in this game. Keep everything in front, make them stay patient. And then when you look at their scoring opportunity offense, when they get inside the 40, Louisville's has it. They've had bad moments this year. When they've lost, mm-hmm. they haven't been able to finish drives. Meanwhile, Kentucky's defense has been one of the best in the country in that area. They haven't been great in the red zone, but from the 40 down, they've been excellent at getting stops. It won them the Florida game. It won them the South Carolina game. For Kentucky, that's what I want. I want – Louisville's going to move the ball. They move the ball on Clemson. Clemson's got one of the best defenses in the country. They're going to get yards, but you got to stop them there. So that's really what I, I want to do. Get in your cover three, get in what Kentucky does, what they're usually playing is at the beginning of the season and play that way. Mm-hmm. I do think at times you got to, you know, you don't, because if you run zone all game, they're going to, players are going to get open eventually if you don't have a pass rush. So you kind of have to see how you're doing against that O line early mm-hmm. with the rush. Um, obviously their simulated pressures are going to be big, but you have to be I, careful with those simulated pressures because you can get out of gaps easy. Yeah. Yeah. That. I, I, that's what I was going to say, especially you get like a twist and you just get kind of blown up. Um, that can be that's bad. Why but I, I, think, I wouldn't be surprised if you just see a lot of drop eight and you're just regular pass rush. That's why the edge could be important. Cause if you can keep a guy fresh for that edge rush, it could help a lot. Right. Right. Um, I will say though, when they, when they do dial them up at the right time, sometimes you just get like a, you know, Pascal running in free. Like, those are – Yeah, I mean, those nickel pressures with Vito would, was kind of what I would be going mm-hmm. with. Because you need – when you're coming after Cunningham, you need speed. 
Now mm-hmm. you wish Vito played Vito Tisdale played a little bit more under control, but you need speed in that. So like the pressures for me would come from from that and probably the inside linebackers get, getting guys in there that can that at least have a puncher's chance of at least slowing down until the cavalry comes. <laughs> right, right. And in applying pressure and keeping that outside shoulder free, playing with leverage, as Stoop says, leverage the damn ball. Uh, keeping him in that pocket is imperative um, because as soon as he Easier starts wiggling done, free, though. like he's gonna, he's a good player. He's going to get out when he gets out. You just got to make sure you turn a 40 yard gain into a 20 or you don't let a 20 yard gain become a 40 yard gain. You don't let yeah. a 12 become a 27. So my question is, do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Magic number in this game. Because we're we're going to switch over and talk about UK's offense for their defense. How many points does UK's offense need to be able to score? Because Louisville's going to score points. Make no mistake about it. They're going to score some. I'm thinking, like, I don't know if it's exactly a race at 30, but it's going to be think, a it's it's a limited, it's going to be more of a limited possession game. So is it is it 27 first to 27? No, I still think it's above 30. I say 31 to 34 because you have to add in Louisville has over uh, like 60-something plays of 20-plus yard, 20 yards, 63 to be exact, top 20 in the country, they're probably going to get one or two, you know. So if they score that way, and then you have to add in turnovers in a big rivalry game, cold weather, long sleeves equals more fumbles. <laughs> yeah, Nick, when what someone fumbles on from... Saturday night, it's going to be because they're wearing probably a guy wearing long sleeves. I'm worried about being cold. A lot of SoFo kids on that, that Louisville roster. A lot of Florida kids. So that's that happens more in cold weather. Hey, and and to to bring up turnovers because that's going to be the name of the game for the UK offense. Louisville hasn't turned it over in how many weeks? Two, three. It's uh, that might be due, might be due to put the ball. Yeah, in the they're turf plus a few times. they're plus three, and but this is a perfect example of turnover margin. Nick, last year Louisville was minus twelve, lost twenty four turnovers, and it led to them losing a bunch of games. Kentucky's been able to win a bunch of games with. Minus 14, their, I think. Yeah, all yeah. their turnover issues. So that just shows you kind of where they're at. Yeah, Louisville, let's see here, have only has 12 turnovers lost all season. I don't they think haven't they have... lost one in three weeks. Yeah, yeah, they're due. Clemson, Syracuse, Duke was clean football. They one turn. They haven't had a multi-turnover game lost since they lost four against Boston College. Um, but they kind of survived that because their defense forced three takeaways. So there's going to be some things that are inevitable in this game. One – Louisville's going to get, you know, they're going to get some chunk plays here and there, and, and it's going to lead to points. Two, Kentucky's probably going to turn it over, right? I mean, it's just – that's just what we've, we've dealt with. Three, Mike Cunningham's probably going to get hurt at some point. He's probably going to miss a series here and there, right? I mean, can you think of a big game in his I career mean, where he hasn't? I, yeah, you hate to say it, but Clemson, Wake Forest, both big games like this one. Duke, he's Kentucky. throwing up on the sideline. The last time he played Kentucky, last he time missed. he played Kentucky, I it, mean, it's uh, it's just been a thing for him his whole career, and especially with how much he's running the ball lately, and especially if Kentucky cold weather to run with the backs, he's going to have to run more. Those stingers, you know, like it just grounds that, harder. Yeah, I mean, so some things to consider uh, before entering the game, uh, but I, I do want to talk about the UK offense because as much as this game has been talked about Moink Cunningham. It feels like that the Louisville side, they don't want to acknowledge that Kentucky actually has a good offense. 
Um, it's, it's something that's gone largely ignored when, if Malik Cunningham is the best player on the field, if you look at other offensive weapons, Kentucky has the next best five or six or seven. Fair? Yeah, no doubt. And when you look at Louisville, when they've played the balanced offenses, Ole Miss, UCF, Wake Forest, NC State, those teams have kind of given it to them. Ole Miss, 7.8 yards per play. UCF, 6.5 yards per play. Wake Forest, right at six yards per play. NC State, over six yards per play. And even NC State's kind of got a bad running offense. So Kentucky's probably the one of the most balanced offenses they've seen. Quietly, Nick, Kentucky's up in the top 25 in yards per play offense. <laughs> oh, man. Kentucky's ran for 225-plus yards six times this season. Gone over 300 twice. We talk about Louisville, how dangerous they are rushing the ball. Louisville's only reached that number three times, 225-plus. Now, Louisville's run defense has been good, and they did a really good job shutting down some one-dimensional offenses. Like Syracuse got one of the best rushing offenses in the country. They did nothing. They stopped a bad Clemson rushing offense. Um, Boston College was able to lean on them because they have a good offensive line, but their backs just didn't have a great game, and then their quarterback was just god-awful in that game. So they really got the focus on the run in that. But against balanced teams, they've had some issues. Now, no one's really totally gutted them on the ground, really. Mm-hmm. But this is a game similar to Tennessee where Kentucky can go out and be like, all right, we're going to establish the run and we're going to get 230, 240 on the ground. 220, 230, 240 on the ground, we think. Um, which would be the highest they've ever given up because Louisville hasn't given up more than 212 this season and that hasn't happened since September. So they're doing some good things on defense, but you look at kind of the matchups and how Kentucky's playing, Kentucky should be able to lean on them. And I think they should be able to have success on the ground with both Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez. And then in the passing game, Louisville is out. Keytrail Clark, who's their best defensive player, their corners are struggling pretty tough as much as Kentucky is. You look at the PFF grades, they're very similar. Um, Kentucky's corners and Louisville's corners. That's advantage Wondell Robinson. I think he's going to have a huge game. I don't think they really have an answer for him. Really, their answer is going to be trying to confuse Levis and come up with interceptions. That's really what Louisville, I think, is going to be looking for. So, uh, like, we talked about Louisville moving the ball. Kentucky's consistently going to move the ball against this Louisville defense I feel pretty good about. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be about protecting the ball and then finishing drives. They've been great at finishing drives all season. Last two weeks haven't been great against subpar competition. Um, against Tennessee at the end, um, they didn't finish when they could have. So, that's a little concern. But if they get back to really being efficient finishing drives, they're going to have a big, big day on offense. Yeah, and uh... – Man, I, I didn't realize the yards per play. I knew they were getting up there with just total touchdowns scored. Um, Kentucky's also been much more efficient in the red zone. And on third down this year, something that Louisville can't say the same thing. They're, they're, they haven't been great at situational football. That's why they only have six wins. Um, whereas Kentucky, for the most part this year, I think you take out that Tennessee game, pretty good at, at the yeah. situational football. I know the competition is bad, but if you look into – like some of the advanced metrics, Kentucky did what they were supposed to do against Fannie and New Mexico State. They, from a down-to-down basis, they kicked that, their ass, both of them. <laughs> now, they they fell asleep against Vanderbilt in the second half, and Vandy scored on two fourth downs. When really, if you play out season averages, that should probably be half. They should probably only scored one on one of them. Yep. And then against New Mexico State, one touchdown was a scoop and score. The other, they only got three field goals the rest of the time. And then Kentucky – 
had a fumble inside the five and a turn and an interception in the end zone. And a turnover on downs. Or no wait, no wait. Yeah, that was the okay. Yeah. And then Kentucky moved the ball twice, long sustained drives against Vanderbilt and had to settle for field goals. So like I, and then you go back to Tennessee, they really did whatever they wanted on offense most of that game. So like quietly the offense is playing pretty well. I'm very excited to see what it does here. Mm-hmm. Um again, that gets me back to just the a- a- ACC, SEC recruiting. Yes. Yes. That Jimmy's and Joe's. Like this is very much a Jimmy's and Joe's game. And that we see it in both season and we see it in the non-conference. And if you look at the SEC this year, they've really kind of handled their business in the non-con. The only real like bad loss I can think of was Mississippi State losing to Memphis. But if you dig into that game, that was very fluky how they lost. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got the punt and all that stuff. I mean, um, and then you had Ole- you had Mississippi State put it on. Um, you know, NC State too. Yeah, and then you had – right. Yeah, Mississippi State put it on, NC State at home. But you look, Old Miss hammered Louisville, Alabama hammered Miami. You know, we can go from the top, but even if you look in the middle, I think you can find some things. Tennessee played Pitt close. They didn't have Tennessee's starting quarterback for half that game. They didn't put Hicker or Hicker Hooker into the end or the middle of the second quarter, I think. If they have Hooker from the start, they probably beat Pitt. So I think there's some signs there that the SEC has been like it's better than normal. I think the top maybe not as great, but they're in the middle. It's the middle class is really strong this season. And does that play out against a Louisville team that's well um, feasted here lately? But Kentucky's done the same thing too. So yeah. you're just gonna have to wait and see. And I, I love to like I, I I for this particular podcast, I have done my best to take off my Bro Chacho, let me just be a big blow hard gas bag. Kentucky's going to kick Louisville's ass kind of mentality. But that's a big part of this game. That's a big part of this rivalry. And that's a big part of the mentality that Stoops has brought into these games. I mean, they didn't see state game last year in the Gator Bowl. Kentucky didn't play high quality football. They just beat, beat up NC State for four quarters. They had a mentality that we're bigger. We're the big bag dogs on the block. And you ain't going to Virginia come. Tech, too. Just the... like trash talking element in these games has been significant yeah you can you can tell it's like we're sec and we're superior and they go out and talk down to these opponents Yeah, they they treat them quite literally like a little brother like you were playing the guys from down the street that you don't respect at all and you want to remind them that this is your state Mm -hmm. and you own them it's a very much a respect thing it's kind of how Tennessee had the upper hand for the longest time in that rivalry. And I, I right now, I, I kind of brought it up to Stoops on Monday, and Stoops was like, you know, frankly, we haven't been playing as physical as I want. That is going to be something they are going to be hammering home all week long. Having Bully back, getting more snaps for him, that's going to well, be huge. The trash talk element, it's big when you got 50 in there. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. I think there's also – a little bit of Chris Rodriguez has been really good this year, but a lot of that praise has di- been dialed back because of the way he's played. We also haven't gotten the kind of overwhelming bloviating for the big blue wall uh, because it just hasn't, you, you haven't felt that as much. Whereas, you know, and they've tried some other things, but I do have a, get the sense that there's going to be a lot of inside zone. We're just going to shove it I mean, down. Your I'm just going to go through Louisville's front. Right now, at nose, um, a six foot two, two hundred ninety pound redshirt senior, former low three star recruit. His backup is a transfer from Southern Miss. 
The other guy playing there is another low three-star recruit, sophomore. Starting at their boundary tackle spot is a former walk-on out of Eastern High School. Mm. 255 pounds. (laughs) Now, he kind of rotates with Tiberius Peterson, who's a super senior, 260 pounds. Yaya Diaby is a junior college transfer. He's been really good for them this year. 6'4", 255, plays the same position as Josh Pascal. Um, But his backup is a low three-star true freshman, Ashton Galati, who they put in kind of passing rush situations. And another guy who plays in that front right there is a second-year walk-on, Mason Riger, 250 pounds out of Illinois. So it's very much kind of a duct-tape approach here to this defense. They still don't have the bodies on the front yet. But they've been able to hold up well. Um, Diaby has been awesome for them this season. And then at safety, uh, they've got kind of a run filling safety in Kenderick Duncan, a Georgia Southern transfer, who's really who's six four two oh five. He's kind of built like a nickel Sam type linebacker. Um, he's been really good. But then even their nickel Sam players will walk on Jack Fago, who's like two hundred and ten pounds. And so <laughs> now, and then they, their edge rusher Yasir Abdullah is really good. He's been mm-hmm. a pretty good rusher, yeah. but he's kind of lighting the britches. He's listed at 235. Now, Louisville's website is not great. Some of these weights could be way off, but I'm just going by what they have. Yeah. Oh, you all should have heard like it complaining about it in the car ride. <laughs> yeah. It's Mickey Mouse operation over there. Yeah. Not great. So, you know, and like a corner, like this is a small defense. Like Greedy Vance is their top corner. He's 5'10, buck 55. Like, he's going to look small next to Wondell Robinson. 155 pounds playing college According football. to their website, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, there, there, there's that to this defense. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see with all that. But I just think, you know, like, there was a very interesting comment by Stoops, you know, which kind of goes in hand-in-hand with what we're talking about here. It's just that we're going to come in and play some bully ball with them. And then when we get that, when you establish the run, you get the play pass going, it's just going to be hard for them to stop Kentucky. But I think Kentucky's going to score. You know, I think they they should be pretty good as long as they don't turn the ball over. The, the key to the game is just defensively, can you just slow down Louisville at all? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a big concern with how your pass defense has been, especially if they get off to a hot start similar to Tennessee. Do you just not – you get in a funk and aren't able to get out of it? All that type of stuff. Right, right. Man, I, the thing to like it to to kind of go back to the the part where I like to bloviate and be a gas bag. All this talk, all this Louisville positive energy that we've received over the last I don't know two three weeks. It's all the result of wins over Syracuse on Lamar Day, and a very bad Duke team and playing Clemson close. And blowing, but but like they they blew that game. They were up thirteen and nothing. Clemson in the fourth quarter, goal line stand at the end for Clemson to win the game. Yeah, I mean they blew that, absolutely blew it. And yet they get just the prey. Oh, Louisville, they're back. They look at look at the cards now. And then you put the shoe on the other foot, and Kentucky does the same thing. They beat the brakes off somebody. They have a chance to beat a solid team late. But all of a sudden, it's, it's all woe is me in Lexington. It's because, finally, for the first time in a long time, Kentucky has raised the bar and Louisville has lowered it. The bar is very low now. And it it's fallen fast under Scott Satterfield. It has. And now, 
the shoe is on the other foot, except oddly enough, Kentucky still gets tagged as the underdog in this game by Las Vegas. And I'm sure that the folks over at the Joe Craft football training facility will love to see that. Absolutely love to see that. Yeah. While Kentucky has the chance to do something only five other teams. They could be the fifth team to win nine games in a regular season since 1949. They have a lot on the line and they're going to let this Louisville team, this little up, come on. This Kentucky team is going to be bringing their big boy pants to Cardinal State. It's a huge moment on both sides. For Kentucky, like you just said, the reasons you just mentioned, but also if you lose here, you lose some momentum. You know, it's going to be kind of a weird offseason. Long term, you are fine. You're still probably going to bring in a really good class and you're fine long term. But it it puts you in a kind of a weird spot when you could have had a great offseason. Right. Because then the bowl, I don't think the bowl game really matters. That's going to, you lose to Tennessee and Louisville in the last month of the season. Yeah. Both are kind of toss up games. You couldn't get one. That's going to put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. Yeah. You'd have to beat some, Somebody crazy in the bowl game to see. I, yeah, I don't even know if the bowl game you, will matter at that point. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think you're going to get the opponent that you like a a brand name that can overcome two rivalry yeah. losses. Yeah, right. and so so that's on that end. Now Louisville, I would argue it's bigger for Louisville because fan base has really not supported Satterfield yet. They've been on the fence. The South Carolina thing happened that pissed a lot of people off. This year started was not great. You know, just kind of survive. Now they look up, though, and they're like, oh, crap, we got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy is doing some Lamar stuff. Satterfield 6-5, and five, and a win here is just – it would be a huge win for them. It would be kind of a well, it's a, a permanent marker point on the resume. Beat the best, one of the best Kentucky teams ever. Finally got it going. And then he has a team where he could – you know, they only had 12 seniors listed for senior day when really kind of like double that is eligible to walk if they wanted to. Like they're going to return a lot of super seniors, and if Cunning they get Cunningham back, they're going to get preseason top twenty-five buzz. The schedule is more manageable next year, where they can really go on a run. But if he loses this game, then you look up and you're like, "Well, we're the best six and six team in the country." But he lost all these close games, and it's kind of a Scott Frost effect. Why can't you win these close games? Mm-hmm. Not, after a while, it's not bad luck. It's you're not putting yourself in the best position to win games, right? And so. It's that dynamic, I think, is huge for this game because no matter who, whoever loses this game is going to go in the offseason pissed off. And that's why I love this schedule, this game being at the end of the schedule because it always creates that kind of scenario where you can one up the other before the offseason starts. It, it, it's different, but also similar in just the way that the, the Lamar it drives get, talking points, regardless. Both th- of them. That, that will, in. When Kentucky beat Lamar, you were going Kentucky was going in the game six and five and you know you didn't feel great about the team but you knew things were going in the right direction you you had kind of low expectations entering it but that really got the ball rolling a win for Satterfield here could really get very similar very similar Um, now he doesn't have the recruiting that Stoops had built up at the time that like had the talent base ready, but he's kind of been fortunate enough with the COVID he's got waiver the portal, and the though, transfer where he's portal. Gonna be a, right. He's right. going to be able to return that and the extra eligibility. 
right. able to return all these guys. Help them enough, like put the Band-Aid on. But it can really get things rolling here. In a rivalry that is just known to, to just swing back and forth, it takes big swings. You win three or four in a row, you lose three or four in a row. You win three or four in a row, you lose three or four in a row. Kentucky has to keep Louisville down, and they have to keep recruiting and developing and owning the state of Kentucky. Because like yeah. you said at the beginning, this is a Jimmy's and Joe's. you got a lot of Jimmy's from the state of Kentucky on your team, UK. Go keep reinforcing that belief, that notion that you are the big dog in this state. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think just it's a huge game for both sides. Like Kentucky, I think long term they're going to be fine, but you got you got a chance to really kind of stick it to your rival here, because mm-hmm. um, now their their fan base got all excited. There's now expectations for this game when the whole <sighs> season we weren't we weren't expecting that. Oh, they have hope. It's just like 2019. Yeah. They have hope. <laughs> you're you're a dog. Um, it's a big moment for Satterfield and his coaching staff. I really do think that it's a big kind of selling point. It can give them momentum, which is something they've never really had. They had it a little bit in 2019, but then they got just dunked on by Kentucky in a year that kind of killed that. Mm-hmm. And then the COVID year was weird. They, they lost a lot of close games. You know, he comes back, the recruiting has been blow. I mean, the recruiting is like, it's not terrible. He's just not recruiting Kentucky. If he was just getting some more kids from in-state, I don't think it would be oh, as bad. No. But they're still – their average star rating is still in the 40s. It's just it's just a different kind of strategy, and it's kind of – you don't buy yourself as much time, I think, when you do that if you're not getting hometown kids because then people are going to be – that's uh, that's low-hanging fruit people can get on you about. Why aren't you recruiting mm-hmm. in-state? Yeah, yeah. Um, man. So it's just – it's a huge game, both sides, man. And then you look at Louisville's fourth quarters – like, if they get in a close game, they've puckered all year. Will that happen again? Kentucky's been good in the fourth quarter. Louisville's been bad. Mm-hmm. I think the one exception, like I said earlier, that Tennessee game, and that was uh, the uh, old who's going to have the football last, but the brutal pick six in a shootout. You know, it, like It was bad, but it wasn't, Nick. Like, the defense got a stop when they had to have a stop. The uh, offense got the ball back, went down, and just didn't, caught, didn't get your caught a couple bad breaks and didn't execute yeah. down at the end. So Kentucky, uh, I think I even think there they played good enough to win in that fourth quarter. It just they didn't finish the job. Where Louisville has been bad in some fourth quarters this year. So um I'm going to peel back the curtain briefly. Uh, where I record my podcast in my office, it's basically a sunroom, and I can see out into the lady's backyard behind me. And she's chasing her dog around, trying to get inside, and it will not come inside. It's pretty entertaining. Pretty so entertaining. Be outside is what I do. I well, they're, they're little yappy dogs, and she didn't like them yapping. You know, oh, probably, yeah. Which I get it. But, like, who wants a yappy dog? Which, by the way, we were hanging out with a, one of Brooks' friends has a dog that's just 130-pound, like, King Corso. Cool. It's just so chill. And, like, Bigger than that cornerback that Louisville's got. <laughs> Thing is a freaking hoss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke was a big fan of it. He just big dog, big dog. Uh, the big dog. He could be barking uh, along with Liam Cohen and Scott Woodward on Wednesday. We'll tell you more about that just right after this. Wednesday afternoon, Barry and Brown is announcing his college decision. There was some whispers that it could happen over the weekend. But you want to talk about ending on a high note, keeping the momentum rolling, getting a five-star recruit, a top 50 player 
an exceptionally fast wide receiver, that'll really do the trick right before you play your rival. So, like, it, this is one of those guys that you pop on the tape. And uh, it, Lynn Bowden's, the way that he beat guys was hilarious because he would just kind of go side to side and just make them look Shifty. like they were going – Yeah, they make them look like they're in slow motion. This dude just, like – I mean, it's like Wiley Coyote getting shot out of a cannon trying to get the roadrunner. He's so fast. Yeah, like, I, I, you, you think that the, the, on the, football field. The, the film is like spliced up. You're like, it's like, what? And you mentioned track speed, two-time state champion, 10-4-9, 100 meter. Like, that's Olympic fast. So Yeah, I mean, it's depends how, you know, that translates to the 40, but you're looking at 4-4-4-3 type speed. Yeah, and not like the uh, – and it's uh, not just straight line. He can, it. <laughs> yeah, he can he can stop and go and accelerate and explode, change the direction. It's not mm-hmm. just a straight line runner. Yeah. Um, there's some so, baggage yeah, I mean, here. He... But you know, Kentucky, I think, is well aware of that. They're ready to handle it. Yeah. And uh they've done a pretty good job handling guys that, that bring a little extra luggage with them to Lexington. It's a potential difference maker. Guy that caliber you haven't really had in a position that it's kind of been a weakness. But now you look at how they've recruited Nick. That thing's going to be a position of strength here in two years, the receiver. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have one of the top five or so receiver cores of SEC here in a couple of years. You fix problems through recruiting. That's how you do it. Jimmy's Wandell, and Joe's. Wandell's going to give you a bridge. Hopefully Todd Harris provides you another bridge. And then you got your guys and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, things things are looking up on the recruiting end. Um, man, you know what I forgot to do, too, like it? We started the show. We mentioned Feast Week. We even talked about our bowl of eggs. The Egg Bowl, Thanksgiving yes. night. Man, uh, is this the most anticipated Egg Bowl ever, dare I say? It's, it's got to be. Um, no, I would say the 2014 when they had Dak and yeah, yeah, that was probably- and Hugh Freeze was cheating his ass off. That was yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one's pretty close up there uh, because Ole Miss has a lot to play for. I mean, if they win this, they could be tasting sugar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, so 10 win season on the line for the Wayne train. Now, is the game in Starkville or it is. Davis oh, Wade Stadium? Cowbells are going to be ringing. Uh, I haven't Mississippi State, like we talked about Kel Cunningham being the hottest player in the country. Mississippi State's Dude. one of the hottest teams yeah. right now. And Will Rogers has been playing really well. Everything is clicking for that offense. Yeah, man. Since and they I- lost to Alabama, they just hammered Vanderbilt, handled Kentucky, should have won at Arkansas. Kicker really did them dirty there. Mm-hmm. And then just blitzed all Auburn after the first quarter. Man, they so and then then they handle their business against Tennessee State. So they're really playing some good football right now. Man, this is the the numbers on this game too. Sixty two as the total feels about perfect because as much as we like to talk about the offenses, they both teams do like to limit possessions. But man, if it's like any other egg bowl, I know the, the egg bowl I know and love will get really weird in the second half and. Points will be flying left and right. Turnovers will happen. Mm-hmm. I, man, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Who needs the Saints and the Bills? Trevor Simeon, get that out of here. That's going to be a terrible game. Give me a bowl of eggs, Matt Corral, Will Rogers. Um, I, 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 we do need to reiterate that we are 
on the old Miss bandwagon because if they lose, it kind of complicates things, uh, you know, as far as like the bowl pecking order. So we, we want the Rebs to take down the Pirate uh, and the Bulldogs from Mississippi State. But that game, yeah. it's going to be – it's going to be something else. Uh, there, there's a lot of – I mean, it, it is rivalry weekend, um, and there's coaches that are, have been fired. Dan Mullen's not going to try to get Florida to bowl eligibility. Oh, shucks. Can't believe it. Oh, no, Dan. Uh, and even as much as I like to hate on Eli Drinkwitz like it, I real got to recognize Rio. That was a great troll move bringing the lightsaber to the postgame press conference. That, that was college football. Yes, it just means more right there. <laughs> he said, uh, apparently, like it was the recruiting department, like brought it up to him, and they were just like, We're just going to leave it there. You do what you want with it, was kind of the story they were telling. Well, they, they almost did uh, something similar where they somebody put a stoops on, or somebody put a stoops, somebody put a banana on stoops' podium because Levis had 400 yards. And uh, they didn't stay up there, though. I don't, I don't think he was ready to chow down on a unpeeled banana to celebrate the win over uh, New Mexico State. Is that what, what rivalry are you most looking forward to this weekend outside of our Egg Bowl and, of course, the Governor's Cup? This is a huge bedlam, but Louisville, Kentucky is going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, I would say, can Harbaugh give themselves a puncher's chance to win that game or give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter to win it. I mean, if that would be he, This is the first time he's got them at home, though, with like a legit chance to win, I think. So that – the other times it's been at Ohio State. So I think that's important to remember. But, yeah, that, that's a big moment for him. But they've overachieved. This team is not – they shouldn't be doing what they're doing right now. So I don't – you know, but it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, it all – it's – he's judged in that vacuum. Yeah. However, can you can you judge that much the way that Ohio State's playing right now? I mean, yeah, that offense, right? My God, they have just been. Who? That was just unfair. Seemingly unfair. Mm-hmm. But but we'll see. It, two weeks ago, Ohio State kind of struggled on the road at Nebraska. Um, this is our first road trip since then. So, I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. But, yeah, I mean, Ohio State's got the better players. Rivalry game is a Jimmy and Joe's show up. Usually they do because both teams have equal motivation, seemingly, in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not everything. So, you'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. So, that, that would be the one that I'll get to see, I would say, that got my interest the most. Bedlam, obviously, will be. Yeah, that'll be, be working one. away. Um. Yeah, working away, drinking beers up in the press box, going down at the carving table. It's your first trip to Papa Murphy's. Like it, if you are going out to Papa Murphy's, I don't recommend uh, getting it. It's not great. Uh, I also would say it's kind of funny that people are like, that's a dangerous part of town. If you're from out in the state, Louisville is not scary, folks. Louisville is a fine place. Uh, when bad things happen, they happen at bad times of night, stuff like that. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not in a bad neighborhood. In the state. No. No, it's, it's in my neighborhood. I'm, yeah. I'm right down the street. <laughs> but so, there will be some fist fights Saturday night. Probably so. You're gonna. Have I'm to very interested to see how that crowd looks. Like, yeah. what? How much does it fill in? What's the split? Yeah, I. Uh, I have no idea. I really don't. Um, I, the only thing I'm sure of is Kentucky's going to have a good chunk of it. I just don't know how much that chunk's going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. 
I feel like it's going to be kind of a, a walk up. Um, it's, it helps that it's at night, but it hurts the weather. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of what my wife's doing tailgating and then go watch it somewhere else. Right. Right. A lot of people doing that just because it's the more comfortable way to go. Um, tailgate scene's pretty decent around there. Uh, but, uh, man, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to not having to drive home very far after the game. So that's exciting. Uh, and I've had some memorable, the last two times I've been to Cardinal stadium, uh, Kentucky beat Lamar and then won by 46. So the road team in this series has performed pretty well. Mm-hmm. That was kind of an anomaly in 2019 that Kentucky just hammered Louisville at home, but the road team has performed very well in this game in the past. Yep. Fascinating matchup. Uh, We'll just like if Kentucky goes in there, doesn't get uh, hangs in there in the turnover column, and then can take away the the big chunk plays from Louisville. I think they got a really good chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. That's easier said than done. But I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. The the old at recruiting and Jimmy's and Joe's in this in how two different they're doing this two different ways. Um, now that they both get out of their conference. What does that look like when they play each other? You know, there's no, there's no I in team. I don't think there's a, yeah, there's one I in Cunningham. You can, if you did Mikhail, I think you can get me out of there, but you can't with Malik. I don't know. Is he Mikhail or Malik? I guess he's Mm -hmm. Malik. Um, So yeah, there's, there's no I or me in that. Get, get, get the hell out of here, Cunningham. You can't do this all by yourself. You can't beat an SEC football team by yourself. You might hang around for a little while. But Kentucky's going to take care of business on Saturday. I expect uh, but, a few personal fouls, both sides. Oh, man. Looking forward to those personal fouls. Looking forward to it all. It's going to be an exciting Saturday at Cardinal Stadium. It's been an exciting season, and Kentucky's going to end it with an exclamation point. It's been fun. I, I'm glad you all followed along with this this entire year here on 11 Personnel. Obviously, we're not done, as Mark Soup said. We're just getting started. 365 podcast exactly 365 personnel but uh you know we've it, it, it's been a fun year we celebrated uh senior day with some some cold brood ads at uh Luckett's home uh his home turf it was a great time and hopefully we'll be celebrating some more brood ads uh saturday night can't wait cannot wait until then uh we'll see you on the other side go cats and go kroger <laughs>